Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. And I want to talk to you about the place where you put your joy. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the fact that you have a reward in heaven. Amen. You have something coming. You, you can't always be happy, happy in this life, but because of the joy set before him, you have joy for your reward. Amen. And if you put your reward in Jesus Christ, you'll always have joy in his coming. Amen. Anytime he shows up, you know your reward is in his hand. And I'm going to talk to you for a little while about that. Hebrews 12, 2 is our first for this last three weeks that we kind of looked into looking into Jesus, unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm surely looking to him today. Who for the joy that was set, everybody say set. Who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured the cross. There's some crosses in your life that you're going to have to endure. But you're not going to do it without joy set before you. Amen. And I'm going to help you place your joy today and set that joy, despising the shame. He suffered shame for us. Thank God he took our sins to the cross so we didn't have to live under shame. But he took it for us. And it set down the right hand of the throne of God. And then also, if you help me, media team, I gave you John chapter 16. I want to go to verse 22 and 23 before, as a reading in your hearing, before we sit down and dig a little bit into the word of God. Verse chapter 20, or uh, verse 22 of chapter 16. And ye know, and ye now, therefore, have sorrow. Anybody had to live through any sorrow in their life before? Come on, wave at me if you've ever had to live through some sorrow. I need to know the mature Christians in the room, the ones that had to go through some stuff. But I will see you again. This is Jesus talking. And your heart shall rejoice, shall rejoice. And your joy, anyone can take away? If, if it's a bad day, it's going to be gone? No. Your circumstance and man... God made sure he said, no man taketh from, taketh from you that joy. In other words, he said that you can rejoice. The word rejoice there actually means to leap for joy. That there's joy on top of joy from the Lord. Amen. So when someone says, why don't you just be happy, happy? You can tell them, no, I got the joy, joy. <laughs> And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily I say, verily, verily I say, or truly, truly I say unto you, whosoever shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Amen. Jesus, thank you for the reading and the hearing of the word of God. We thank you that we can be in your presence today and feel your touch. We ask that your spirit would move on us, that your word would speak to us and that your hand would touch us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Just like life, joy doesn't always make sense. Because when it comes from the Lord, 
Your circumstances and situations do not determine whether you have what God has given you. What you do with what God's given you is very, very important. And so scripture tells us that it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's going to be times where joy that you have from the Holy Ghost will not make sense. When you lose things you thought you would be keeping or you have discussion with somebody and things are different than you thought they would be, there's going to be a place in God that you can go to, that you can always run to, where there's in his presence, there is joy. And in fact, promise that there is fullness of joy in his presence. It doesn't matter what you're going through or what you've faced or even what you've been through. doesn't matter the hard knocks of life. doesn't matter if you went through the, hard, the school of hard knocks because of your own... Um, your own difficult decisions, or maybe even your own stubbornness. Don't elbow anybody next to you that's stubborn right now. But maybe you've gone through difficult things and people tell you just grin and bear it. They want you to get out your fake mask and just grin and bear it. But I want you to know that in the days that we are de dealing with right now and in the life that I live right now, I need the joy of the Lord more than anything else in my life. In the days that we're looking at ahead before the Lord comes back, as he has promised, we need the joy of the Lord in the days that we live. We need the joy of the Lord on our jobs and in our home and in our relationships and among the people that we're trying to serve and love. We need the joy of the Lord there because it is difficult some days to feel God when we have troubles and trials. But I'm thankful that even standing here today in the worship service, as I was pondering over in my heart and my mind, the numbness and the nauseating sadness of what could be, I was thankful that God is still in control, that he's still on the throne and he knows from my enemy may come and attack me, but I still have authority over the devil's ability, somebody said amen. Then I can speak to something that is not as if it were, and I can put my faith and my hope in the Lord, and he can bring it to pass, even though I cannot bring it myself, because God is well able to bring from the darkest and the, the, the deepest places of our life great joy and great, great reward. Amen, somebody. The earth was created in the Bible doesn't say it wasn't old, just said that in the beginning God made it. And whatever you believe about young earth or old earth, I'm not here to deal with that particular doctrine. Sometimes pastors have to deal with all kinds of different doctrines. But what I'm here to talk about is the fact that the earth was without form and void, Scripture says. But when God moved on it, everything that we now experience in life whether manipulated by man's hand or man's ingenuity, was buried in the murky, deep darkness of that earth without void. And it was all there ready for God to use. All he had to do was to move on it. Amen? So what keeps us from being paralyzed when we have life's difficult occasions come up and we have things that we cannot smile about and cannot be happy about and we try to say, oh, it's okay. I'm going to get through it with the help of the Lord. But sometimes in your flesh, you don't feel like the help of the Lord is showing up. Anybody ever been there and want to get real with me right now? 
where you feel like maybe God just has forgotten you or maybe your prayers aren't strong enough, but I tell you, he's not left you and he's not forsaken you. If you will take the joy of the Lord from the presence of the Lord, it will keep you from being paralyzed in your problems. I want you to know that the joy of the Lord is more important than just a feeling. The joy of the Lord literally gives you the ability to keep moving when it feels like you can't take another step. The joy of the Lord is what gives you an understanding that if I just keep moving, God will orchestrate my steps. Blessed is the man that walketh not after the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who bringeth forth fruit in his season. You're going to bring forth fruit in your life. You're going to be blessed and there's going to be something to produce out of all of this. Something's going to come of this because your steps are ordered of the Lord. Paul told the Philippians when he was dealing with all kinds of different things in his life, he was looking over his life and said, I've been shipwrecked three times. I've been the night and day in the deep. I've been in, in fastings often. I've been through all kinds of troubles and problems on my missionary journeys. He said, though we were cast down, we were not forsaken. Though I've been through it, I have not been forgotten. And I'm grateful to tell you that he said there is something that we have for a reward coming from the Lord. He said, I press those things that are behind me. I do a couple, he, I do, he said, I do one thing and it's broken down into two different things. He said, this one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind me and I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, there's one thing that gives me the ability to keep moving and that is that there is a reward coming for my righteous living. There is a reward coming someday for living this. I know we like to say as pastors that we just love to serve people and we love to be here and we love to do long hours at the church. Enough of that, please. If you, you want to call it holy hedonism, you can call it whatever you want. But I'm living for a reward. Someday he's coming and his reward is going to be in his hand. Brothers and sisters, there is a reward for righteous living. God blesses you for what you believe and your behavior. When it is right with God, he has a reward for you. And scripture says he's going to give it to those who trust in him. Look throughout the scriptures. You don't have to search long. I don't know if it's just a chip or altruistic understanding in our lives that we are uncomfortable with the idea of living right for reward. Although it seems that it came from the early writings belched out from the Stoics, maybe even some people that think that it would be somewhat mercenary to have a reward for living righteously, that God pays to play, or there's, there's reasons to live this way because of the reward only. But I tell you, it's peppered all throughout Scripture that if you will, God will. If you will do it, God will do it. If you will sacrifice, if you will be obedient if you will give of yourself if you'll lay down your life you'll find life in him unlike you ever found before so this idea that we have to somehow set aside that we're not living and working and striving and sacrificing and giving all we can in order that there would be no reward is just beyond scripture 
You'd have to shred a significant part of this holy scriptures in order to take away the fact that God himself ordained the idea that living right has a reward. It came from God Almighty. It wasn't man's idea. It wasn't some religious concoction of early churchdom or early understanding that if we do the right things or if we impress the people to live right, then there's going to be some heavenly reward and therefore we can, we can glean from the people things we want. That was not ever supposed to be in the house of God. That was not ever supposed to be part of the relationship of God. But we understand that Jesus, God Almighty, designed that there would be a reward for living for him. Amen, somebody. You see it in the Beatitudes of Matthew 5, 3-12. Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice that everything that he says is linked to a reward. If you live this way, if you hone yourself, if you live after the pattern that I put in the word of God, there's a blessing coming for it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the poor or the pure in heart, for they shall or they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Any peacemakers in here? Amen. The people that know. You need to walk into a situation and bring peace to it because by doing so, you're preaching Jesus Christ to them. For they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Everyone say rightness. That's righteous living. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, Jesus says. Rejoice. Here it is. There's the joy. He says, rejoy. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Even Jesus said, live for the reward is okay by me. If you need to live for the reward, then do it. Because the joy of the Lord, living for the reward, putting your joy in Jesus, is putting your joy where your reward is coming from. I'm not looking for a reward from the government. I'm not looking for a reward on my job. I'm looking for a reward from the God who came in flesh and bought me from the sin that I was in that I couldn't get out of on my own. He bought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I'm thankful that he's moving on my life. And he's changing me. Joy keeps you moving and keeps you in God's presence so that he can move on your situation. And just like he moved on the earth that was in darkness and without void and brought forth lilacs and lilies and pecans and peanuts and trees and redwood and almond trees and, and bees and, and rivers and tributaries and the darkness came to light and the words of God, literally God spoke and it happened. Amen, somebody. And we found out that underneath all of that darkness and all of that, that hopelessness, there was tin and then there in gold and then there hills. Amen, somebody. And there was iron ore for mighty ships that now sail the sea and bronze when they, and gold and silver when they win the Olympics. It was in the 
darkness and the tempest and the ground. And when God moved on it, he made it better. Silver was in the veins of the rock, copper to create the wire that now connects the worlds. Amen, somebody. All of it was already there. It only needed God to move on it. Everything in your life that seems like it has no point, it's void, and it's left in darkness, all it needs is for God to move on it. <laughs> Everything you lost, everything that got up and walked out of your life because it didn't think you were valuable enough to stay with. I'm going to preach to you right now that God has a word for you. God has a move of his spirit for you. And God has the ability to take what has been broken and beat the devil with it. Amen, somebody. We were the overall prize of the enemy of our soul when he duped Eve in the garden to take on something that she thought she had lost or was missing. She said, he said, in the day that you eat of Satan and the serpent said, in the day that you eat of it, you shall be like God's knowing good from evil. And whether she knew it or not, she must not have known it, but maybe she did. She was already created in the image of God. For the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. And so the devil had already sold her a lie that she was not like God, but she was. But in that falling and disobedience, eating of that forbidden fruit, we understand that sin entered the world and by sin came death. But whenever God got ready to curse things and bless things, he cursed the serpent and he said that you're going to go about on the ground and you're going to eat of the dust of the ground. And we realize in the overall understanding of what happened that then he said that the woman is going to bear a seed and you're going to bruise its heel, but he is going to bruise your head. It was a prophetic utterance. It was a messiah, a promise of the messianic son to come. And so the devil knew that 4,000 years he waited for that day to come when there was going to be one born of a woman. So while we walked out of the Garden of Eden broken and separated from God, and our flesh then was a problem from then on out, we don't get our flesh saved. Our soul and spirit get saved, and one day our flesh will be saved. Amen, somebody. So you can talk in tongues one moment and have a problem with lust the next moment because you're living in your flesh. And you have to handle that. You have to work through God's word and deal with stuff that is in your flesh. And we don't have to look long in the mirror to realize that there are places and struggles. And while we want to do good, Paul said, we end up doing evil at times in our flesh. But what I love about God is that he took not only what the enemy broke, not only what the enemy took from the holy, the holy God as a relationship, but he took that flesh of man. And though it is carnality, it is, it is enmity with God. And though the carnal mind is enmity with God, even to this day, he blessed it and he poured his spirit out on that flesh and he sanctified that flesh and he justified it and he brought us into right relationship with him so that through the endowment of the Holy Ghost inside this mortal body, we can now walk right with God. We can live righteous lives and we can expect a reward from heaven because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. 
And so when God got ready to do something great, he moved on flesh, which was what took us out of his perfect plan in the first place. He brought beauty from ashes. He brought order from chaos. He brought fullness to void, amen? When he filled us with the Holy Ghost and that spilled out on the, from the upper room and then it went to the Gentile nation who we are, and each one of us have been so blessed to feel God's spirit and to live with him, there is something about what God can do that the enemy cannot stop, amen? Even though he broke the flesh and even though he broke us in disobedience, God took what was broken and beat him with it in his own game. God literally took the flesh. In other words, he was born of a woman. The flesh that was broken in the garden, he took and broke it on the cross, and he beat the enemy at his own game. He took flesh of a man and brought us back to a holy God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I thank God for my substitute and Jesus Christ. I'm so glad he carried my 80-pound cross down the Davila Dolorosa and he died on that gnarly hill for my sin and for your sin. And that puts a smile on my face. Amen, somebody. Because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. It was always supposed to happen. From the beginning of the world, he knew he had a plan before he made a man that he would someday redeem his children. Psalms 34 and 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You're coming out, brothers and sisters. You're coming out of this. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Where's your joy at? Is it in this world? It's in the Lord. I'm so glad I can be of good cheer. That means be courageous. Be brave because in the Lord you know that he has overcome the world. <laughs> he told the devil what he was going to do and then he did it and the devil couldn't stop it. In fact, the devil thought he killed him on the cross and stopped it. But what he didn't know is God was actually taking broken flesh to bring perfect flesh, to break it, to make us perfect. Do you understand the power of the incarnation of God? That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. I thank God that he came and paid the price for me. He ordered my dark days into bright days. He took me from desolation and brought me into exceeding joy. Thank God for the love of God on my life. Amen, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so thankful that he can take us who are broken and still use us. Moses got in the flesh and he murdered an Egyptian. You know the story. And then he was provoked by the people in the wilderness. He was supposed to speak to the rock because that's a type and pattern. But instead he lost his temper and he struck the rock. And God said, that's it. No more ticket to paradise. No more ticket to Canaan. But because of his faithfulness, he was on the Transfiguration Mountain standing next to Jesus. When they went up and Jesus stepped out of his flesh and showed them his divinity.
And all of a sudden, there's a, a beautiful picture of the balance of God that even when our flesh messes up, he'll honor us for what we did. There's a reward coming for you, brothers and sisters, for living right. Joseph lost his health. He lost his wealth. And he lost, or Job lost his health, his wealth, and his way. And when he got done, he said, I don't know where God's at. His wife said, why don't you curse God and die? And he said, you speak as a foolish person. How can I curse the God who gave me life? He goes, there's a reward even in the worst days. If you search for that thread of joy, you will find it, Tanya. So his spirit needs to be able to move on me and his word speak to me and his hand touch me. And Job said, I don't know where his hand is at right now. But even though I don't know where he is, he knows where I am. Amen, somebody. He said, I cannot perceive him on the right hand in power. And I cannot perceive him on the left hand where he doth work. But he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He said, something about this is refining me and making me better. And there is a reward for this. In Revelation, we know that God is returning for his church. And the anthem and the doxology saying in Revelation by the people of God gets longer and longer the longer they spend with the Lord. It begins with blessing and glory and honor. And it goes to blessing and glory and honor and power in Revelation 4. Then it goes in Revelation 7. It goes to blessing and glory and honor and power and thanksgiving unto our God. The longer we spend with God in heaven, the longer our praise song gets. Do you understand that we're going to worship him forever because he is a forever God? And for the rest of eternity, we will learn of him the beauty and the work and the power and the majesty and the reward that he has given us through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who came and was broken for us. We will forever celebrate him. The four and twenty elders and all the innumerable angels singing glory to God in the highest. Amen. I thank God that that is where my joy rests. That regardless of how beautiful life is, I can have a beautiful relationship with God. Regardless of who leaves me, he never leaves me. Regardless of how great the storm, there's glory in the storm and the wind didn't know, but I got a peace speaker in my boat. Amen, somebody. Come on, get brave in the Holy Ghost. Get brave in God. You don't, know, you don't know how easy it is to actually let everything go and release it to the Lord and just say, Lord, you have got to help me. You're in my boat. You never leave me and forsake me. Would you just step out to the bow? And if you want to whisper in my ear, peace be still, go ahead. But if you'd like to whisper to the wind and the waves, you control those two and you can stop this anytime you want to. So either speak to my storm or speak to your child in the storm one way or another I'm going to keep my joy in Jesus it's not what I'm looking at it's who I'm looking at that matters though my flesh might be bent in a way that sometimes hinders me I know that he is the God of all redemption amen somebody I'm so glad that I'm in his presence and in his presence is fullness of joy. And so this series, I speak to you about the fact that he tells us, even in this book in John 16, he tells us to rejoice. 
Though you have sorrow right now, rejoice anyways. Rejoice in the Lord. Even in your darkness, even in your difficult moments. How many know he brings life to dead things? If he can bring Lazarus out of a tomb, he can bring you out of your situation. That is the comparison. Because joy got him out of the tomb and it will bring us out as well. It'll bring us out. I'm thankful for the many stories I see in Scripture. I'm thankful that God doesn't force me to put a smile on and just pretend like everything's okay. He said, you're going to have sorrow. There's going to be moments when you can't smile your way through this. This isn't fake it till you make it. He said, I've already made it. So put your joy in me because I've already got the victory. He said, if you put your joy in the right place, you'll never lose your reward. But if you put your joy in the wrong place, you're going to have to force yourself to smile through stuff you never should have had to go through. Because sin brought that stuff into the world, not me. Amen, somebody. He said, I can do more in five minutes than you can do in a lifetime forcing it. Don't force a smile. Get in my presence and unload all that junk in my presence and prayer. And when you walk out of that prayer moment, you will feel like a lion. And a, you will have bravery to go about your day. You'll have the ability to have my strength and my peace and my joy. It's the joy of the Lord. Amen. It belongs to him. So when we live it, we have Jesus in us, through us, and working for us. And I'm grateful for that. And so my final message in this series is just about encouraging you. Where did you put your joy? Where did you put your joy? Did you put it in that nice car? Did you put it in that nice house? Did you put it in that husband or that wife that didn't stay faithful? Did you put it in places where people could not keep it? Or did you give it to the Lord who's able to keep all things? Even his children who have fallen. He has kept us under the day of redemption. He's so powerful. He's so able. He's so well able. Amen. Look at all through scriptures. You go ahead and do your own application. I'm done, but you do your own application. When God got ready to do something amazing, they asked God, God, what do we do? And he said, I got an idea. It's like, we need to get out of Egypt. What should we do? Well, I'm going to use some frogs. I think I'll use a few gnats. I think I'll turn some water red. We're going to get you out. Don't you worry. I'm God, and I have an idea. We'll bring some locusts. God can do anything. Just because you work and they sign a paycheck doesn't mean you weren't working for the Lord. He'll put somebody else there to sign the paycheck. My goodness. Let's get over this happy, happy need to feel happy all the time. And let's get into the joy of the Lord where when we don't know what to do, we have to go to the Lord in prayer and say, I need a God idea right now. I need God to help me find a way out. I need God to give me some joy. I need God to give me some peace. I need the joy of the Lord because it gives me strength. Amen, somebody. 
Stand to your feet and let's ask the Lord to give us some joy so we have strength for our days sufficient enough to carry us through. God, we need you today, God. We put our joy in you, Jesus. We don't put our joy in anything else, but we release everything to you and we thank you, Lord, that your reward is coming in your hand and that you're going to bless us. Though we live in times, you even said, of sorrow and we go through difficult things, I don't have to fake it. I don't have to pretend I'm happy when there's not happy moments, but I can have the joy of the Lord knowing your hand can do all things. You work sufficiently and all things work together. Romans 8, 28, to the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I know that you are doing a work in our lives, God, through it. Let patience have his perfect work in us. Let us see the maturity of the things of God in our life for joy keeps us moving amen joy keeps us moving Paul said there's a prize to be had he goes I forget what's behind me two steps in joy two legs he said I forget what's behind me and I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus if you feel stuck just forget what was behind you even if you have to reach down and pull yourself forward and press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forget what they said about you. Forget what they did to you and press toward the mark and the prize of that. Forget what you might have lost and realize that God wouldn't have taken it from your life if you needed it to fulfill his purpose. Your miracle is in what's left, not in what's lost. So what you have to do is force yourself, forget what's behind, and press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lift your hands with me one more time as they begin to sing. Lord, I don't know who's in here that's lost something in their days that they wished would have stayed. I don't know who put their heart in something that got up and walked out on them. I don't know who here today has been told, well, just... Grin and bear it. Just grin and bear it. And that is not at all what the scripture tells us to do. Scripture tells us that we can have joy for that smile. That we can actually say, I'm blessed of the Lord because I know he's going to work all things together for good. That our trust is in you today, Jesus. And our hope is in you today, Jesus. And that trust and that hope will not be frustrated. You do not frustrate our faith for no reason, God but you help us. And I'm praying over anybody in this room right now that needs to hear from heaven and know that they can rejoice in the joy of the Lord. You said it before you and got through the cross and came out of the grave. You can bring us out in Jesus' name.